Can we put hands together as we celebrate God? This morning I will be teaching on finding your purpose in life. Finding what? Your purpose in life. Finding your purpose in life. Hallelujah. To find is to discover, perceive, recognize, and search it out. To find is to do what? Is to discover it. It's for you to perceive it. It's for you to recognize it. It's for you to diligently search it out in life. Why purpose is the reason for which something is created or done. Is the intention behind every action. Purpose is what the person is trying to do or become. But beyond that definition as a believer, our quest is not about what we want to become, but living out who we are. As a born again Christian, there is nothing new we want to become. When God created us, our purpose was defined. But it is our responsibility to find it out and discover it. The book of Genesis chapter 7. Chapter 2 rather. Genesis 2 7. The book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And God formed man out of the dead from the ground and blew into his nursery the breath of life. The man came alive that is a living soul. Now, there was a reason God created man. Can I please tell you this truth? There is nothing that God created without a purpose. The animals in the bush, the fishes in the sea, the rocks you are seeing around you, the trees you are seeing around you, there is a purpose God created all of them, including you and I. But it is our responsibility to search it out. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. He said, God spoke, let us make human beings our human. Make them reflect in our nature. So that they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them God-like. Reflecting God's nature. He created them men of female. God blessed them. Prosper. Reproduce. Feed head. Take charge. Be responsible for fishes in the sea and the birds in the air. For every living thing that moves on the face of the head. Praise God. When you look at that place you read, it defines the purpose of every man. You know, no matter what you want to become, you must trace it back to this verse in life. The first is that you must prosper. You must reproduce. It means you, your life must not end with you. When I talk about your life must not end with you, it's not about giving birth to children. Your success must not end with you. There is somewhere, somebody somewhere that you must discover, that you must bring up, that when you have gone, that place will be your replacement. Praise God. But many people have taken that place to be giving birth. If God give you the grace to give birth and your children live after you, glory be to God. And if God said, Yo, what I want you to do is to go to the street, pick up souls, pick up men, pick up women, trade them to be like you, good. 
The next thing he asks us to do is to do what? Is to take charge. And we must feed the earth. Which means we must dominate it. We must rest. We must know what you must subdue it. And he said, this is our responsibility. He said we will be responsible for the fish in the sea. You know, if I will not be going outside contest, you know what? You are take, we have to take control of the fishes in the sea. You have to take control of the birds in the air. And to be responsible is to have an obligation to do something. Or having control over or care for someone. It is to need to control an authority over something or someone. And the duty of taking care of it. Now, I want to talk more on that taking care of it. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to take care of the head. If the head goes bad, it is our fault. If the head goes well, it is our good deed. Because our God tells us that we must do what? We must take control of So when things are going bad in the world, don't say it is not my concern. It is your concern. If you can't speak about it, you can pray about it. We have a lot of silent believers in the house today. Like Brother George was saying during the visiting time. People are talking about this virus, this virus. And how many of us have brought down on our knee to ask that the Lord we showed up and heal our not from that disease? If China, Japan, great countries that have great health facility, if the, if the virus can ravage them like that, what happened to our country? One of the senators from Odo State came into to Nigeria during the week from South Africa. I said, when they got to South Africa, they delayed them for three, for three hours inside the plane, screening them for this virus. He said he was surprised coming back to Nigeria. They did not even delay them. They just gave them the form. Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? And that is it. And our head ministers, or our president, we come to the TV and said, we are in control. We've put a facility. Is paper a facility to stop the spread of the, spread of the virus? Now that we don't have a say about it, what can we do about it? We can all take charge, go to our room, lead and say, God, heal our land. Bible says, if my people that are come by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face, he said, I will hear them and I will hear their land. So it's not about any facility in Lagos. Imagine. National Disaster Control Center, Lagos, Abuja. What happened to a man in at Iroporekit? Praise God. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So it is our responsibility to take care of this earth. It belongs to us, though we are strangers here. It is your choice to live out your destiny or not to live it out. Now, every man is a product of his choice. You can decide to live out your destiny good, and you can decide that you don't want to live it out. According to Danny Coles, in one of his books, he said, I am the total so you know. I am the total sum of my choice I have made and continue to make daily. What I now put under close scrutiny is the value of each upcoming choice. Therein lies the quality of my lifestyle. We, my future belongs to the old me or the new me. This answer, the answer to this depends on my attitude towards my personal growth. What do we mean by that? What happens to you now? You can blame your parents. You can blame your friend. But it's your choice. It's your what? It's your choice. And I was praying during the midnight and God sent me to one of our members here. I need to go to their house today. 
Because I'm not afraid of them not coming to the church. But I'm afraid of not delivering the message. And God will begin to beat me because of that. And God tell me to, you know, God instructed me to tell one of them, said, the truth you discover, you must not lose it. That when we get to heaven, I will not stand for her. Her parents will not stand for her. She will stand for herself. You know, that was seemed so heavy on my heart in the midnight. And I began to ask God, what is the problem? He said, people no longer live with me. But they focus more on what people around them can. So it is your choice. You can decide to live your whole life. And you can decide to live a new life. But the answer to this is on the, your attitude to your growth. Am I trying to get better? All I want to remain the same. But remember that only a stupid, only a stupid man will be doing the same thing and we expect different results in life. Hallelujah. And one of the key that we are able to discover your purpose in life is to forget your past. Is to do what? Forget your past. Throughout this month of March, all I want to do is to help people discover their purpose. You know what? I was studying the scripture and I, think I told the leaders that were with me yesterday and I said, where do you see that Jesus Christ was preaching? And he said, give your life to me. Do you see anyone like that in your own Bible? What Jesus did is to help men discover their purpose. And once they discover their purpose, they know that there is someone that studied the purpose. That without this one, I cannot achieve this purpose. So by discovering their purpose, they find their way back to God. Hallelujah. Elisha, did Elijah say, Elisha, come and follow me? What he did was to drop his gadu. And Elisha understand that this is a greater call. Elisha, in today's world, we say he's a business mogul. And he said, let me dispose my assets so that I will not have what, will be, what I will be taking off when I'm with you. And I think he did that. Very simple. What happened to Sarkios? A very good task collector. What did he do? Jesus Christ entered his house and he discovered that there is a greater life more than whatever I make in this task collection. He said, listen, because the Savior entered into my house today, I've discovered my purpose in life. Whosoever I've defrauded, I'm going to pay you back in multiples. It's better for me to lose what I've gotten and gain Christ. Hallelujah. So, number one thing you must do is for you to do what? To forget your past. When Jesus Christ talked to Peter, he said to him, Peter, your past and your present is that you have lived to be a fisherman. But today, I want to tell you that this is not what I created you for. I created you for fish for men. And immediately that word came to Peter. Peter forgot about the fishing business. Because it represents his past. We must understand that we all have our past. Our past can be our prison. All our escapes. One thing is certain. Until we break the chain that ties us to our past, we can never move forward in life. Every one of us will have our past. And we have a way of saying it. If not for that useless boy, for those that have premarital ills, or for those that they break your heart, if not for that useless girl, my life will have been better like this. It means you are still living in the prison of your past. You know, one of the daughters of my bishop, my former church, was called me around four or five years ago. My friend was befriending her, and my friend just decided that he wants to move forward. 
and I was talking to her after two years of breaking a relationship. Who are you dating? I said, no. I said, what are you afraid to do? I said, I'm waiting. She said, I'm waiting for your friend. I said, no, you are living your past. I have to tell her the truth. No, we are shouting. That was the time of to go. And I told her, I said, listen, my friend has moved on. Is that I know? Because I knew my friend to have impregnated another lady. And the lady already have a shirt for her, for him. And they are already living together. And he's already working at the FMC. And you, you are there in Akure waiting for a man that is already living with a child and a woman to come back to you. Can you see she was living in her past? I have to talk sense to her. So listen, I know you are spiritual. What I, is I have been fasting that God will get him for me? I said, God, don't listen to that kind of prayer. If, we, if he's destined to be your husband, now that he has decided to be the husband of another woman, God will not listen to your prayer again. What God has joined together, that forcefully, or by coercion, or by pretense, let no man put asunder. If it comes to you, you are saying that that woman should go and start all over again, and that child should become fatherless. And God will not plan it that way. So what I'm trying to tell you is that your past can be a prison to you. That whatever you want to do in life, you just keep measuring it. As to some of us, it's not about the bad of our past, but the good of our past. In those days, <laughs> if I pray like this, demons will disappear immediately. Thank God for your past. What is happening to you now? In those days, if I pray the mark and I'm preaching, people will begin to slay the spirit. Thank God for the past. But what are you doing now? And what will happen to you in your future? And we know some of our parents have that kind of good story. In those days, when Papa started his crusade, I was his dead shoulder. When they arranged the water and Baba around, I just tell them the power Baba lies in me. And I will pray on the water and it will work. Thank God. Baba Lai has died. This is 20, 20. How many years ago are you talking about? How many water have you blessed now in 2020 and it's still working? Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. You know, the bitterness of our past is like a shame around our neck. Choking our life and our potential. Limiting our freedom and our joy. And making us to be far away from success. I hope you understand why I want to by that. Some of you, you know I have a way of saying this. You are hungry with a man that you don't know you are hungry with him. Pastor, you cannot understand. That guy cheated me. Well, as you see, I saw yesterday, what was he doing? He was smiling to me, waving me, but I did not reply. Because the guy did not even know that you are angry with him. The guy has moved on. And you, you are just on a spot. Our happiness must not be based on the ability of people doing the right thing to us. Because if they fail, we will live in perpetual sorrow. Your happiness must not be based on what I'm going to preach to you. Your happiness must not be based on what if your friend, your bosom friend, will do to you. Because what if he fail to make you happy? What happened to you 25 hours in a day, 7 days in a week, 30 days in a month? And before you know it, you start aging. And you are a sister, you are still looking for whom to marry you. And because you have decided to live in sorrow, you are already like my grandma. And you try to use makeup. And thank God for these hits now. The heat now is exposing the beauty of all the sisters naturally. No matter the powder you foot, when the heat begin to dawn on you, what happened? The brother should now know maybe you are fake or you are original. So you must not let your happiness depend on what people around you will do to you. 
You know, John 10, 10 says, The thief does not come, but to do what? To do what? And to do what? That is the role of anger and bitterness in your life. He's coming to steal your joy. He's coming to kill you. He's coming to destroy you. By the time you discover it, sometime it may be too late for you. Let's look at that eel of Luke chapter 23 verse 34. Luke 23 verse 34. If you are there, you can read to us. Luke 23 verse 34. Luke 23 verse 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Can that be your statement as from now? That a friend that you trust so much, have your seat, man, betray you, disappoints you, and you said, I'm not going to embrace this anger. I'm going to call my friend. I'm going to tell him or her, I forgive you because I believe you don't know what you are doing. Praise God. Instead of you taking it to be hatred, you said, no, you are my friend. I will not allow devil to separate us. I forgive you. You are still my friend. We are still close. We will still continue to, with this friendship. Because Jesus Christ, even in the face of his death, that is what he did. You know, there are three people that saw the glory of God. Very perfect in the Bible. You know that? You know that? Number one is Moses. But it takes Moses several 40 days, 40 nights before he can see God. The glory of the Lord. Number two was Jesus. You know the third person? It was at the point of death. That was Stephen. And the pain on his body was so great that when he saw God's glory, the pain disappeared. And he said, God, do not lay this sin to their shadow. Those that want to see the glory of the Lord, those that want to discover their potential, are people that will say, in the midst of my pain, I've decided to focus on God. I'm not going to allow man to make me bitter. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Unforgiveness makes us to wait on our effort. On things that drain our, to waste our effort rather. And on things that drain our strength. We must remove all past and present events that trigger unforgiveness in us. We must forgive one another. To so many of you, there are some people you are holding on to. I don't know, maybe you are at the house today, your mother has told you about your father that your father is useless. And you are holding on to that anger against your father. Can I please tell you, it's time for you to forgive that man. At least he tried to produce you from his noise. What if he did not produce you? What will have happened to you? Probably you will still be waiting at the gate of heaven for a ticket to come to this world. Or your father has told you about your mother because your father, your mother is no longer living with, her, with him rather. And said that your mother is a prostitute. Yes, I'm not saying she's not a prostitute. But a prostitute gave birth to you. A prostitute gave you life. No matter what they have tell you about your past, or paralysis, you have one uncle that defy you when you are very young. And you are living with that pain. Can I please tell you, let it go. Or you have a friend on this campus you've trusted so much as opposite sex. And you know what? He took on your weakness and defy you. Can you please say, I forgive him now? Because if you face to do so, you are wasting your strength unnecessary. Until you give up on your failure of the past, you are not ready for where God wants to take you to in the future. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. He said we must be kind to one another. We must be tender hearted. We must forgive one another. Even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. 
You may be here this day and say, Pastor, you cannot understand. Why is your tender heart? Where is the heart that forgives without begging? You know, there was a day I was talking to a Muslim lady. He said, I see that you don't just get angry. No matter what anybody do to you, I said, listen, I look for hundred excuses for people that, forgive, that offend me. Maybe I, I know you in this church, you are going on the street, you don't, keep, you don't greet me, I don't take offense. You know what I'll be doing? I will begin to think of what you might be passing through that will not make you to greet me. I begin to think, maybe this guy is not even eating for the past two days and I'm talking about ah, greeting me. I even example, you know, I will begin to think, maybe the result, maybe the exam when she went for today is not even alright. She need my prayer than for me to do what? To pick offense. But you know that some, some of you, because your roommates did not sweep the ground, you not turn him or her to enemy. You are wasting your strength unnecessarily. Maybe not your roommate, your hostel mate refused to wash the toilet. When I was student on this campus, our ladies will use pad and they used to block the toilets. I know I cannot be running around the street looking for where to, to release me, to ease myself. There will be days I will open the chamber myself and I will be the one to pack out the pad. And my friend on that I may say, you want to go? I say, yes, it's better to move go. And that will not stop me from playing with those ladies. You know, one of them just woke up to me and said what they said. I don't know the kind of man you are. Nothing irritates you. I said, why? Okay, I should fight you. If I fight those ladies, will that provide a toilet for me to use? I must think about the solution. A man was living in, my house, in our house then at Ecoladen, and the wife had miscarriage overnight, and the bed was littered with blood. And all the people in the house said, pack it somewhere, go and keep it. And when they all went to their office, because me, I was jobless and I was workless. You know where you are jobless and you are worthless to them then. I packed all the clothes and I washed, dried it. And when the pastor, that happens to be the husband, said, who was I saying I'm doing? I said, ah, I don't know the kind of life you have come to live. Unfortunately, their daughter and my daughter now is in the same school. And we are now meeting again after years. But you know what? That badness is still very fresh. It's still very fresh. So what am I saying? You must have tender heart. You must learn to forgive. In as much God forgive you, your sin said to the merciful, I'm going to be merciful. Forgiveness is in, is in two folds. You must forgive those who offend you. You must forgive yourself of some wrong step you have taken in the past. To some of us, it is not about people that offend us. It is by, uh, those, about those decisions we have taken in the past. Like someone that said, Kimote, why she likes you? Those of you in other level, I say, ah, ah, why do I even choose this school in the first place? Nah, I can't pay my, you know, the school fees is just too high. After we pay all the school, they don't tell us we are going to pay Nuesa. They don't tell us we are going to pay SUG. They don't tell us we are going to pay welfare. And you are paying all the money now. And you call them, they say, no money again. And to make the case work, worse rather, your level, your faculty officer say, I'm not going to collect your form until you pay for Nuesa. What is the relevance of Nuesa to the faculty of engineering? Is it engineering or education now? The two. Why is the usefulness? Is it that word that will make me a student? Or they will, you know, very soon, those of you in engineering, you know, school fees, there's already triple, and there's money for wire for particle. But guess it, if you have not known, I'm telling you this now, you will still have to pay for that trip again. That money for wire for particle, you will still have to pay it again. 
and they will not tell you, you will not have CA if you don't pay. <laughs> All the, what is my, I can decide not to use this mask, but they've said you should pay, so go and pay. Don't disobey any authority. <laughs> Praise God. But, you must forgive yourself. You've used so you've used so. That maybe, you're a sister. You use your two legs to walk to greet a friend, and the friend now rape you. You are not saying, ah, can you please leave over that? Leave that to God. Let God judge. I have a sister in this church. I'm proud of Anna. When she was in Christ school, she went to greet her female friend. And the female friend set her up for her brother. And the teeth turned to pregnancy. And the boy said, I'm not the owner. And that girl was going up under the care of her parents. Eventually, double pay. They lost the girl again to death. When you look at her, she was raped. When she was laboring in the labor room, no husband to stand with her. And the guy she suffered for, still died. But you know what? That girl came to the pastor and said, can you please give me a space that I can turn my mess to ministry? Now I begin to tell people what I've went through and how I overcome it. That is a guy that I've overcome I was at a wedding and the wedding was glorious. You will not even say this was a girl that was raped sometimes ago. Because once you forgive yourself, God is ready to take you further again in life. Unforgiveness is just like the oblique cord that tie you to your past. Whatever you don't forgive, you are not destined, you are destined to repeat it. If you refuse to forgive some issues in your life, you keep repeating it. I said, decide today to live by the three hours. What are the three hours? Repent. Rectify the situation if it is possible. And take responsibility for your life. Number one, you must repent. That I forgive myself. It's not my fault. I'm getting over it. Then rectify the situation if it is possible. You are here, you are living couple's life. And you are sorrowful about it and you are still living it. You've not repented. How can I rectify the situation? And I don't have money to get a room. Go and look for a friend that can at least help you. And not a friend that will be using it to insult you. And after that, you, after you stay with that friend for some days, for some months, maybe for this semester, go back. If it will take you to go and look for money by laboring with all this brick layer. Or you go and sell pure water in the old up. Look for money and start taking responsibility for your life. You know, it's a taboo that you are investing and you cannot do anything on your own. I don't know the kind of youth we have now. We are just very lazy. So when Bahari says we are lazy youth, it's the truth. Some are hardworking, but I can tell you 95% of youth in Nigeria are lazy. Now ask yourself, let's do this this morning. What are you doing to help yourself out? If your parents fail to send money. You know, begin. this is my father's self. You know, it is when I have my own child that I now know that whatever my father have done in the past is the best he can do. I now appreciate him more. There will be days there will not be any money in my hand. And there is a demand to meet on my daughter. So I want to look at it. So those days also that daddy, they ask us to collect fee. Hey, go away from here. There is no money. It's not because he doesn't want to pay. But truly, there is no money. When you give back to your own child, you will understand these things. But I have decided that I am going to take care of my life. So it is not too late for you to be thinking about a business to do now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
You must cast all your pain on Christ. First Peter chapter 5 verse 7 say, cast it upon me. And you might also be thinking that what is the meaning of cast it upon him? He says, throw it upon me. Now, you must become strong out of your weakness. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 34 talks about the heroes of faith. And I want us to read that place in the scripture. They are all weaker vessels like us. Let me tell you, there is no super Christian. There is no full-body Christian. There is no six-pack Christian. We are all weak when it comes to spirituality. Even the best of the best of the bishop, they are still weak. But you know what God does? In our weakness, his own strength is perfected in us. Who is there for us? Now, 1134. They say, Christ violence of fire. They escape the edge of the sword. Is that out of weakness? They are not what? They are made strong. They say, out of weakness. Which means, when they see the fire, they say, eh, this is real fire. God, if you won't help me today, I'm in trouble. And God say, yes, keep moving. And they keep moving. And as they approve the fire, the fire starts questioning itself. Can you explain how the race he was parted? If not that the weakness of Moses, God turned it to his strength. If you want to say today, say, the rod of Moses parted the Red Sea. Can ordinary rod parted the Red Sea? If it is possible, let's give you that way. We don't even need Red Sea here. Use your rod to touch the way and see if the water in the way will dry up. But despite he was holding that rod, which represents his weakness, God entered into it and turned into great strength. That is for some of you that you are saying that there is nothing useful that can come out of my life. In your weakness lies the strength of the Lord. You are saying, can I ever make it? Yes, you can make it. In your weakness comes the strength of the Lord for you to make it. God did not create any second class citizen. He gave you what he gave to others. What did I tell you today? God gave you what he gave to others. Look at yourself. What do others have that you don't have? Just look at your body now. Except you say your own is not enough. And you can't add to it. You live by it. Praise God. So your weakness is not an excuse. It's not that eh, my father is poor. Eh, my mother is a petty trader. I kept telling people, when I came to come back, I would tell them, well, which work is your mother doing? And I'm proud of her today. My mother is just an ordinary gary worker. In the whole of our community, they know her. Because by 5 o'clock, she must be on her feet, walking gary around the town. But you know what? That Garioka produced a medical doctor. That Garioka produced a pastor like me. That Garioka already produced someone that is at the edge of becoming a manager in one of the best banks in Nigeria. What good can come out of a woman? If not, of those kind of woman, if not because the strength of the Lord have helped her. My mother will just look at herself these days. She still called me, they said, what of my feeding alarm? I said, don't worry. Before tonight, I will say it. I first said, come in again yesterday morning. I send it. Later, she come in. I said, mommy, I've sent it. Go and shake your account. Today, she doesn't need to beg anybody. She's no longer walking Gary. She stay in her house conveniently. And money keeps coming to her. Money keeps coming to her. My grandmother is even the most worst of them all. 
She did not even know anything called book. I left this place late last year to go for a harvest. And the reverend in the church said, I heard that this mama have some good grandchildren. And they were all spending money. I was looking at them. Because I did not go like a beggar. I go with good cash in my pockets. So I just said, they go and count all the money they counted. They said, no, this mama must be the first. Because this might be the last we will do for her. Not because I want to show her. But that mama has labored over our life. She was the one selling Gary that my mother took over from her. Praise God. So, I came from the Gary generation. But today, I no longer sell Gary. I no longer sell. Because God has turned our weakness to our strength. That is to tell you, you might say, I have a very terrible background. Good! God is interested in people like you. My father is no longer alive. My mother is no longer alive. Good! You are the one God is looking for. You know why? He wants to change your life. And I, I was telling my, my, my friend, I said, where I want to get to in life, it's not because I'm so much interested in lecturing. I want to become a professor. That before my mother died, that Gary Oka, they will now say, she's the mother of the first professor in our family. Not because I have that strength. You know, I told you about my whole level, how terrible it was. Jesus did have P P P P P P P all through. My whole level, I was the best in my school, but I failed English and mathematics, and yet I was the best. But when I came to ISU and I joined Chapel of His Glory, let me tell you, you cannot be here and there is no glory upon your life. Except you are not here with your heart. Except you see yourself just come here to waste time. I joined Chapel of His Glory. That boy that did not study accounting from home. Began to take accounting tutorial at the university level. I began to search for professional exam in accounting at university level. And yet I now have the background. What happens to me? God turned my weakness to my strengths. I cannot sit down with books. Somebody that said this one. You know, one of my father's younger brothers said, Because I was not the way I told you. I said I was jobless and I was what? And I was worthless. I became the black sheep of the family. Because all the guys there, none of them have went to that route. Because in my father's side, they believe in book, 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 book. All of them want to be doctor. But you know what? God has turned that weakness today to my strength. I can sit down with book for three hours, four hours, and I will read and I will understand. My mate are telling me, the exam is coming next, but you are not stressing yourself. I say, what am I stressing myself for? Because I don't understand that it is not by my strength. The Bible says, by strength shall no man prevail. So it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter the level you are. By the grace upon the house this morning, the Lord will transform your life. Say the Lord will transform your life. Say the Lord will transform your life. Isaiah chapter 52 says, Awake, O Zion! And put on your strength. There is a strength in you. Isaiah will not say they should put on their strength if they don't have strength. Remember I told you at the beginning of this message, I said, it is not about you discovering the purpose. It is about you living out the purpose. The purpose has been established at creation. So it is time for you to do what? To arise and put on your strength. Stop that pity look. 
What happened? I just check my result. It is E. And so what? Is that the end of your life? Come and go to your room and put on your shred. There is no grade I've not had before. I even have missing scripts. And missing scripts and have. Is it not the same thing? Failure is failure. Either they put in your result or they don't put in your result. But here we are today. We are different. Hallelujah. So, why would God use someone like you? Despite your weakness. Number one, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Number two, is not limited by your limitation. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. The limitation of man is not the limitation of God. You might lack money. God did not lack money. And let me tell you, money is not your problem. Your problem is grace. Get the grace. Money will come. Get what? The grace. Money will come. Is there anybody coming to this world and they put naira, dollar, pounds in his pockets? We all came naked. They will cover my body with clothes, but my back is naked when I die. That is the way they do it. They will just cut the clothes and they say, that man was God just dressed in the coffin. But you know what? My back is still very empty. Very naked. When I came, I hold on to this hand like this. The day I'm going, I will release it. Me, wow. Me, But God is interested in using people like you. And the last thing is that why we God use people like you? He uses what is available. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27. As I round up this message today. Let's be fast. I want to round up the message. Now. I have just five minutes left. He said God have chosen the what? Hey! The foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Okay. Have your seat. Who have the living Bible? All the message again. He said, go choose the foolish thing. You know, they might attack you foolish. You know, some people we call foolish. This one is only relevant for census purpose. When, when they want to count the number of children your father have, you are not just like David. They forgot about you because you did not have any contribution to the income of the family. Is that not so? But when God decided to honor David, he said, nobody will sit down until he comes, including his father that I did not remember him. And the day David became the king, know what the father will have said? I am not the father of a king. But that was a boy he did not remember when they said, bring out all your children. Who is reading for us? Instead, he said, God will consider those things that look foolish. Have your seats. Can I please tell you, you are the one God is waiting for. You are the one he wants to make use of. It doesn't matter your level of intelligence. It doesn't matter the degree in your hand. He will use you. I said he will use you. He will use you to change the story of your family for good. He will use you to change the story of this country for good. Listen, I believe in the vision of this, my brother here. He put, that in, he put it on Facebook and I said, yes, correct. That one day, it will be the commission, the minister of education in this country. I don't know what you want to also be one day, but I've come to announce to you that the grace is available to become it. I said the grace is available for you to become it. Remember that the rejection of man is not the rejection of God. Stop seeing what a man can do to you 
Start thinking what God has done, is doing, and he will do. I conclude with this. Choose to be better and not to be bitter. Trust God's faithfulness than my faithfulness. If God did not move the mountain today, he will give you strength to endure it to tomorrow. And if it is not going to be tomorrow, still believe that the mountain will definitely move one day. Never you give up on God. And I think that is a message for somebody in the house today. Trust more in God's faithfulness than what man can do. Man will fail. God will not fail. It doesn't matter the mountain you have, you have now. If it will not move today, it's not because God did not have the power to move it. But it will give you grace to endure it. And if it's not still moving it tomorrow, not because it will not eventually move it. It is a process for you. God brings mountains sometimes to not to process us till we become fit for his use. Until you are fit for that use, the mountain will not be out of your way. But once you are fit and the mountain is out, I know what? God is asking you to test someone today. That that mountain in your life that you believe is a problem, God said I should tell you that he's using it to shoot you. Because once you are behind that mountain, the wishes and the wizard in your house will count you not to be relevant. But immediately God move it, you have gone too far before they recognize who you are. Can you just bow down your head this morning? I want to pray from some special set of people in the house. You are here, you are holding on to the pain of your past. What man has done to you, or what you have done to yourself. Please get the communion ready now. What man has done to you, or what you have done for yourself. I want you to please come out today. Today is a day of salvation. Today you are going to be delivered from that past. Pastor, I have a pain in my life. I don't know why I find it difficult to let it go. Can you come out very fast? I want to pray for you now. I want to pray for you now. There is a grace in the house this morning. Maybe it is what people have done to you or what you have done to yourself. There is a grace in the house this morning. There is a grace in the house this morning. Can you just, just begin to speak to God? As you begin to ask that God, say, God, have mercy. I'm tired of living with this pain. He said, no one will come to me and I will cast them out. I'm tired of living with this pain. Anytime I want to move forward, I remember this pain. And it's as if nothing good can come out of my life again. Just take God say, God, come to my rescue. I was on my bed yesterday night and I was crying. I was telling God, please use me like never before. Because I'm tired of my past glory. I want new things happening in my life. Pray to God and say, God, come to my rescue. God, come to my rescue. God, come to my rescue. Rescue me, Lord. Deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. Deliver me, specialize in delivering people. Lord, please look into the pain of their hearts. Look into the pain of their heart at this moment. No matter what they have done, no matter how they have gone wrong, what people have done to them. Lord, give them your joy. Give them your joy. Give them your peace. Give them your joy. Joy that swallow pain. Joy that swallow bitterness. On this mountain this morning, Lord, I'm asking you, give them your joy again. Make them happy again. 
Let them hear the voice of sound of good news. Let them hear the sound of rejoicing again. Lord, on this mountain, I lay my hand on you today. You are delivered. You are free. In the name of Jesus, you are delivered. You are free. In the name of Jesus, you are delivered. You are free in the name of Jesus. You are delivered. You are free in the name of Jesus. You are delivered and you are free in the name of Jesus. You are delivered and you are free in the name of Jesus. Every yoke of pain in your life on this mountain, I break the power in the name of Jesus. I decree that the Lord God of heaven will give you a joyful life. A life that is full of his joy. A life that we don't longer remember past pain. In the name of Jesus. Father we thank you. In Jesus mighty name we have prayed. God bless you. You can go back to your seat. It's over. When Satan comes to you tell Satan it is over. I now have a new life. We want to take the communion today. And this communion. Is our talking for the new month. That no matter the name of sickness going around in Nigeria, it will not come around you. Amen. I say it will not come around you. Amen. Remember this that I cannot have eternal life in me, and sickness is still being in me. The two can never stay in the place. Eternal life swallows sickness. And you might be here this morning and say, I'm not qualified to take the communion. You know what? God is the one that qualifies people. Ephesians, I want somebody to, all of you, open your Bible to the book of First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12. He said, He called me and He counted me faithful. It is not talking that we count you faithful. You can begin to talk to God where you are now and say, God, count me faithful. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. Can you read it? He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. He said, He enabled me and counted me faithful. Do you what? Between putting me into the ministry. Two things will happen to you this day if you have faith. And you will take this command and nothing will happen to you. Number one, you must trust in God's righteousness. He said, He gave me Christ Jesus. And counted me faithful. Number two, stop looking at your whole faithfulness. Now focus on the faithfulness of who of whom his body and his blood you want to take. Don't let devil minister any gifts to you now. Just bow down your head and speak to Jesus. I don't know how far you have lived your life, but there is a grace for you this morning. A grace of repentance. I will not even ask you to lift up your hands. I'm not concerned about that. It's a personal decision. But I want you to talk to God wherever you are now. And say, Lord, I'm sorry for my past. I ask that you will forgive me. And if you are 